Hey, Ralph, how's it going? Hey, Yvonne, I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing so fantastic. I can hardly stand it. <laughs> I am so glad for you, then. <laughs> but today, I'm super excited about our guest, Ramona Tanabi. What do you say? Oh, my gosh. I have read her work for many years. I am a big fan. I almost feel like you know, I'm about to meet one of those superstars that, you know, that, that I've been reading about and been watching her work forever. So really, really excited here. Yeah, you know, we kind of talk about this a little bit in the episode, but um, you and I both like to geek out with the data geeks, right? We like to get into the data that they that they study and, and share some of the nuggets. And so it's always really fascinating to talk to them, right? It really is. You know, we we live in a system where there are 50 workers comp systems out there. So the ability to obtain that data, look at it, compare it, and then be able to put out studies about it. Yeah, it, it for me, it doesn't get any better. I just love it. I know you feel the same way. <laughs> yeah. All right. So without further ado, here we go. It's Ralph and Yvonne joining you from Tampa, Florida. And we're about to chat with Ramona Tanabe from Boston. Here we go. Great. Well, so let's not keep our guests waiting. I'm so excited today to introduce Ramona Tanabe. Hi, Ramona. Hi, Yvonne. How are you? And Raphael. We are great. So before we get started, tell our listeners who may not know you um, where you work and what is your role there? My name is Ramona Tanabe. I am with the Workers' Compensation Research Institute, and we are a think tank in the area of workers' comp out of Cambridge, Massachusetts. Our, we've been around since 1983, and our mission is to provide um, the public with objective, credible information about public policy issues in the area of workers' comp. Thank you for sharing that. And I know we, you guys have a, a, an event coming up soon and I'm going to be there. I don't think Ralph's going to be able to make it. It's going to be really difficult to, to be there without him. I'm starting to understand that, um, you know, whenever we're one place, people expect us to be together. So yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. You can't make it. <laughs> Me too. I love it. I always and love the conference. It's really one of my favorite conferences every single year. I love coming to the conference. And um, anyway, so let's dig in a little bit uh, before we get into those specific issues. We want to ask you a little bit more about your background and how it is that you came to be where you are. So first off, um, give us a brief sur a summary of your educational background. What did you study in school and what did you think you wanted to be when you grew up? Sure. Um, in school, I studied education and math and was found myself teaching uh, middle school science and math. And um, I happened to be at a school that had two teachers unions, both the NEA, the National Education Association, and the AFT, the American Federation of Teachers. And I went to the different meetings and listened to, like, what do the union reps have to say and what does management have to say? And I thought, well, that part's fascinating. I mean, I like the kids and everything, but I kind of like that side of it. So I ended up going to law school and working for the firm that represented the school district. Um, I didn't go into labor relations within after law school. I um, 
ended up doing municipal finance. So I did underwriting of municipal bonds and uh, someone has to do that. And the question I always think about when people say, oh, how did you end up in, in workers' compensation? And I think people kind of fall into it and then you just you either fall in love with it and you can't can't leave it alone or you can't get out. So um, I happened to uh, my my husband and I relocated to Boston and I happened to find a job at the Institute and I've been there ever since and I absolutely love it. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. And I'm going to backtrack just a little bit. So you said you taught for a few years and then you studied law. So what was it that you were that you were aiming for when you were in school and in, you know, in those educational years? What were you what were you thinking you were going to be doing? Gosh, like like every good student, I was I was looking at everything, you know, um, in in undergrad. I think every every uh everybody desires to be a veterinarian at some point in their life. Um, my, my my family happens to be heavy in the sciences, and I discovered that was not my calling. Um, so <laughs> I did not end up in that. Um, and, th- and then once I went to law school, I was um, discovered that tax was not my forte, so I was not going to be a, a tax lawyer. Um, and neither personal injury was not interesting to me, you know, the, the tort system. But there were pieces of it that I, I really enjoyed. I took a, a legislation class, you know, crafting legislation and and how that fits in with public policy. And that was very interesting to me. Um, and then I happened to be in uh, Illinois and Illinois has home rule authority, which allows um, different types of taxing and um, uh, controls within governmental units. And that was very uh, interesting to learn. It's not something that's here in Massachusetts, and it's not common in across states. So um, it was kind of a a niche area to get into that I ended up in. Well, that is fascinating. I, I we always dig in a little bit on that question because we always get the most interesting answers, and we do that because. One of the things we are trying to do with our podcast is to shed light on the fact that it really doesn't matter what you studied in school. There is a place for you in this industry. So we like to kind of, you know, play around in that sandbox a little bit. So thank you for sharing. Oh, sure. Yeah, I think that's true. Ramona, you will be happy to know that you are thus far the one and only person we have spoken to that did municipal finance before coming into workers' comp. You're the first, Ramona. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I will not be the last. Probably someone else out there. Yeah, I'm thinking of an infographic we need to put together to show all the different answers we've gotten. And that would be a great representation to show. It doesn't really matter what you studied. There's a spot for you here. And we're waiting for you, right? We need That's you. Right. We'll be talking uh, about that at the, yeah, we'll be talking about that at the upcoming conference, I'm sure. All right. So in this episode, Ramona, we do want to talk to you about some of the studies that WCRI has done. Um, maybe we can talk about, you know, how it is you guys decide about what studies that you're going to do. And if we can talk at all about some of the things we're going to be discussing at the upcoming conference, that would be amazing. But um, let's start first with, um, so what are some of the studies that the Institute has been working on over the past years and what can you tell us about them? Sure. So we have we have a group of studies that we perform either annually or periodically. And um, those one of them is a big 
that comes out twice a year called CompScope. And that we named it that because we thought of it as putting the compensation system under a microscope to kind of look at all the little details of the compensation system within a state and which of those features are driving differences across states. So those studies look at um, comparisons across jurisdictions and makes meaningful comparisons. We all know that there are many reports that compare jurisdictions, but this one we've tried to make adjustments for the industry mix and the injury types. And um, we think of it as uh, a study without those adjustments compares apples to potatoes. This adjustment allows us to do red apples and yellow apples. We're never going to get yellow apples to yellow apples, but um, this does a little bit better job of doing those comparisons. We also put out some inventories that we do that are kind of reference books for different features within the workers' compensation system, and we put those out periodically. Um, workers' compensation laws is a uh, publication that we do jointly with the IAIABC. Uh, we put out uh, medical cost containment um, initiatives and regulations. We have a prescription drug inventory that looks at not just um, what's happening within workers' comp, but we also talk to the pharmacy boards or survey the pharmacy boards in each jurisdiction because uh, pharmacies and drug distribution is uh, not unique to workers' comp. It's also covered by regulations within the state. So we have that, those kind of reports that we put out. And then we have studies that are a little bit more topical. So, for example, right now we're working on a long COVID study because it's a question that we get asked pretty frequently. Um, we're working on a study about medical inflation and the drivers of that over uh, more recent years. We've put out a series on uh, extended use of physical medicine and physical medicine mm -hmm. in different areas, specifically mm -hmm. in low back injuries, because mm -hmm. that's do a, a, a common set of injuries. Um, and then we've also uh, done a study on the consolidation of care um, that um, how providers are consolidating, either being practices being purchased by hospitals or practices merging together? And how is that affecting the pricing and the utilization of care and workers' compensation? So that's a little bit about what we study currently and kind of every year, We some of the things that we repeat. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for sharing. And how do you, so tell me again, you might've said this, but let's, uh, let me ask it again. How do you decide? So you said you had several annual studies. How do you decide what other topics to study? Obviously long COVID is something we're all thinking about, but tell us how you, you guys at WCRI arrive at what things to study. So we have a formal process that we do about gathering information, but there's also the informal discovery process that we do. Anytime we're on the road and anytime we're talking to people, we're listening and we're gathering that information for what's something that people say, oh, if you only did a study on X and I had that one chart, you would make my year. And that's, right. you know, we're always listening for that because our role is to be um, provide that information so that the, the system has information to make decisions to make it better. And so we're, we gather that information and then we present it and share it with uh, a research committee that we have at the Institute um, that's made up of, of outside members. And then um, they help us kind of sort what they think is feasible, most important, will have the most impact. Um, and then we put together project plans and run with it.
Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm going to take a pause and let Mr. Gonzalez ask a question or two because I've been <laughs> monopolizing the conversation. So go at it, Ralph. Love it. Love it. Ramona, I am I am a huge fan of the WCRI. You guys have been uh, at, at the leadership of uh, the forefront of the greatest research for our industry. So I think on behalf of all of those out here who read it, who eat it up, who who keep the studies and revert back to them and use them, you know, the, the stats and the numbers and our PowerPoints to report to the world, you know, what's happening within our own industry. I, I just want to say thanks because it really, it's such an important component of the, you know, how we measure ourselves and, and how we look at our system. You guys just do an amazing job and you've been doing it for such a long time. You've become that kind of the foundation for us as far as research principles go. So thanks so much for doing all of that. Well, thank you. You got it. So I, I wanted to talk about um, or ask you a couple of questions about your specific role within WCRI, how long you've been with them, and kind of, you know, what do you get your hands dirty with? Like, what's the kind of stuff that you're in all the time? Oh, um so I started with, at the Institute uh, more than two decades ago. It's been a while. Um, and uh, I didn't know much about workers' comp um, when I started. But the, one of the reasons that I, that I took the job was when I moved from Chicago to Massachusetts, um, I had been working at a firm that I mentioned, uh, you know, represented municipalities in Illinois. And that's, you know, you're funded by tax dollars. So it's you're really working for the general citizens in a way. And I wanted something that felt um, like like I could make a difference. And I think of that as my personal brand is what matters the most is the difference I make. And the Institute allowed me to do that because our research, I think of it as research for the public good. And when I first started, I mean, uh, we all had the all of us who've been at the Institute have had the opportunity to to work with the giants, you know, Rick Victor and John Rooser that um, really push us in directions where we didn't think we could go, but we still get there. Uh, building a database, uh, putting putting together um, all this, you know, vast amounts of information into some cohesive report that has nuggets of information that would be useful to the industry as a whole. Um, so what do I like doing and what do I, if I had it my way, what would I do all day? I love talking to people. I love getting out there. I love going to conferences and listening to people. Um, I also love getting, getting in the details of the data and making it sing as one voice uh, because that's that's difficult when you're looking across states, um, but I do like mucking around in in the data and looking for patterns. Love that I do too. I must admit <laughs> that's why I'm so excited to be here with you and, and speaking with you because I really do, and and Yvonne does as well. We're we're data geeks. We we love that the comparative analysis because we really are 50 different workers' compensation systems, and so as a country. Right. How do you compare, like you already said, you know, apples to oranges and how can you maneuver your way to maybe comparing them a little closer in so we can learn? Is that working over there? And if I look at it with the same lens, you know, the same kind of output, if you will, you know, can I can I borrow that idea and bring it here back home and use that as a as a potential mechanism of delivering 
quicker, faster benefits and maybe at a you know less cost to to the employer. So I, I love that. I just love that. And I, that's why I'm so grateful for the research and the studies and the information that you guys put out all the time. It really, really is meaningful to the industry. Thank you. You mentioned Victor and 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 John Rooser. Um, my goodness gracious, it doesn't get any better, right? What two right. incredible individuals. Uh, you, you've worked under both of them. Give me a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, maybe maybe we'll ask you, give us a secret. Give us something we don't know about both of them that we can go talk to them about. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a tough one. Because um, like I said, they're both really giants in the, you know, public policy research in, in, in workers comp. And um, just when I, when I thought I couldn't figure something out, both of them would help me using the Socratic method, nonetheless, to, to figure out where, where did I need to go next? They're both fantastic on doing that. So uh, wonderful men and leaders. I couldn't agree with more. And the Socratic method is absolutely right because I have played that with them over the many years I've known them. So you're absolutely right. As soon as you said it, it it triggered that for me as well. (laughs) Love it. Just love it. I'm super excited to be talking to you and the fact that you're a woman. So as a woman, tell us what it's been like. to discover some of the things that you've discovered and the love of uh, the data and, and swimming in the details, like you said, that you love so much, but how has that been as a woman? And what do you think has been something that you discovered that you didn't expect like a best kept secret of the industry or something like that? Well, when I first took the job, um, you know, colleagues of mine that I had worked with in Illinois said, you're going to be bored, but, Okay, well, let us know when you move back to Illinois. You can, we'll always have a place for you. And I said, okay. And I have yet to have a day where I'm bored. Every single day, I learn something that I didn't know either about a system, about how comp works, because it's so complex, um, which, you know, is a blessing and a curse, right? Uh-huh. Um, for what is intended to be a self-executing system, it, it is quite complex. Yes. So I think, um, I love that I can wake up every day and have something new. It's, it will never get boring ever. And with everything that changes along with all the innovation that happens in healthcare also comes into comp. So all of those things are just fascinating. Um, and as a, as a female, I don't feel any difference between uh you know, welcome arms in the industry, uh, welcome arms with uh, being able to discuss data. Where I get the most um, conflict, if anything, is I've never had a lawyer be interested in data before. Or <laughs> mm. I was so. going to go there. I was going to go there. Shocker. So you're not a, you know, a researcher, an economist, an economist, a sociologist, you know, which we normally parallel that. You are a lawyer by training, and here you are in the biggest warehouse of data and research. How does that happen? Hey, lawyers out there, look, there is a job out here for you. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Gosh, if we could only get more lawyers to do work like Ramona, wouldn't the world be a better place? Absolutely right. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I just love it. Thank you.
So Ramona, tell us a little bit more about the state of the states um, session that we can look forward to at the upcoming WCRI conference. What is that and what can people expect in that session? Sure. We started that um, a few years ago because our, our benchmarking studies have so much information in them. And these annual reports or periodic reports, sometimes we see patterns across jurisdictions and trends or an issue that perhaps we saw in a few jurisdictions that we thought would be interesting that we can write a separate little a little short report about. And so we created a, an opportunity at the conference to bring those things to the forefront. And some, sometimes they're all from one report, but sometimes they're from various reports. And this year we're presenting uh, three different pieces. Uh, one is on our report on emergency department visits. One uh, will be on uh, some patterns that we saw across the CompScope reports. And then the third will have a speaker from one of the states that uses the CompScope reports and how they use those reports within the within the, um, the regulatory department. Thank you. Well, I can't wait uh, to be in Phoenix and to be at the conference uh, with you in person. So thank you. But I do want to kind of tie it back to some of the issues that we identify that we're going to talk about this year. And one of those is the fact that we need more quality education for all stakeholders in the industry. And I know we've already said it, but I do want to kind of talk about how, again, I'm going to repeat. I find that the WCRI conference is one of the best places to come to get a handle on what are the issues that we need to be paying attention to, uh, being able to share our thoughts as an, as an industry with each other of what does that mean to us? And, you know, what, what are the questions that we're not asking that maybe we should be asking things like that. But what would you say, um, Ramona, for people that maybe don't know or haven't been to the conference, how can you help articulate why it's important for them to be there and what it means to be able to hear some of these sessions? Cause you're going to hit on some of the topics we talked about medical inflation, um, the big, uh, labor shortage, the talent shortage that we have in the industry. Um, you talked about long COVID. I mean, you hit on a lot of the issues that Raphael and I um, mentioned that we wanted to talk about this year. So again, yeah. what do you think is important for people that maybe haven't been to the conference? What can they expect to get out of it? And how can they use that information um, after they've been? Sure. Um, so we always try to have our conference be a blend of institute work, WCRI's work, and outside speakers, sometimes panels, so that it can be interesting um, to folks because having us stand up there and talk about all things, which we would do all day, but um, that could be a little tiresome, I think. You know, we, we try to make it a little bit more more interesting. So, you know, we have a keynote speaker that's coming in, David Otter. He's a, an economist out of MIT, and he's going to be talking about um, globalization and automation and how that's affecting uh, workers' comp, the impact on jobs and the nature of work. Um, we also have an outside panel on climate change, which I think is mm -hmm. also on people's list. Um, you mentioned the impact of the labor shortage. We have a panel on that. And then... Um, the impact of, of the change in the workplace. You know, we're all we're all sitting. We're not sitting in our offices anymore. We're sitting right. in at home or in you know a hybrid type of thing. So how has that all worked? So so folks that come to our conference will see 
external speakers as well as WCRI work. You mentioned we're presenting on long COVID, medical inflation, uh, longer use of physical medicine. And then every year we do a state of the states which highlights some of our benchmarking work. Um, we don't have concurrent sessions so that you don't have to pick and choose. You get to go to all of them. And we have enough opportunities for networking too. Um, it's not a conference that has just one stakeholder group. So it's mm -hmm. not all the carriers. It's not all the employers. It's everybody. So we have um, regulators will be there. We'll have um, labor organizations will be there or worker advocates. We'll have attorneys. We'll have medical providers and, and we'll have carriers and employers. So we have all the stakeholders in the workers comp system. And that's a little bit unusual because you can hear all the voices in there. That's why one of the reasons I love it so much. <laughs> so it is March 21st and 22nd. It is less than a month away, but there's still time to, um, if you're not already signed up, to, to sign up and join us in sunny Phoenix. We'd love to have everybody come and see us there. Awesome. So, <laughs> so Ralph, do you want to take the last question? Sure, sure. Something a little fun, Ramona. Just um, you know, what's what's your favorite thing to do um, on your time off? You know, what what do you like to do with family, with friends? You know, what's a little and and maybe the world knows about this, Ramona. But if not, this is a perfect chance, Ramona. Tell us what you enjoy doing out there. I one thing I love is to be outside. I don't care how hot it is. I don't care how cold it is. I love to be outside. So um, any chance I can, I like to be outside. I love to go swimming on local lakes with my my son, who's at the age where he won't want to do that with me anymore. But while he still does, <laughs> we do that. Um, as well as go outside and do things, uh, you know, skiing or snowshoeing or tubing or what you know. This time of year, it's that the winter sports. Um, we both love being outside. Um, and let's see, I also have a um, uh, freakishly strong desire of, for, to be on heights. I love heights. Oh, so I, I know that's why really I'm the opposite. I, I am the, I am terrified of heights. <laughs> yeah. So, so there, there's one little. <laughs> well, I got well, to dig, dig a little on that. Like, <laughs> like when you say heights, like tell me a little bit about that. Like. Where have you been? Like, how high do you go? Well, when I lived in Chicago, I lived on the 43rd floor and we had a balcony and I used to, and we were on a parade route. So I used to kind of dangle oh, over the balcony no, no, and watch who no, no. was coming. And, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, or those, you know, those clear ground platforms that they make, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm fascinated with those. So <laughs> they give me the heebie-jeebies. I can, every time my husband and I, so my husband and my husband's from Panama and we're um, going to take a trip soon. And there are these, um, so there's zip lining, you know, through the treetops of Panama and in the, and it's the area that's close to the border of Costa Rica. So it's mountainous and it's about the same elevation. If you're familiar with the Highlands, North Carolina area, this area is about the same elevation. So just under 5,000 feet. So the treetops, they're, they're pretty up there. Um, so they have zip lining and then, a few years ago, they installed these walking bridges so that if you didn't want to zip line, you could walk the bridges. So 
We climbed for like 45 minutes to go straight up a mountain. And then we proceed to do these bridges and things like that. So I'm like, I'll be fine as long as I can walk carefully and slowly across this bridge by myself. So everybody's there and like, it's going to be fine. And then I start walking out and then all of a sudden the bridge starts doing this thing. And I'm like, terrified them and fall <laughs> plummet to my death. And I get myself stabilized and turn around and who's at the back of the bridge and doing all this stuff. But my lovely husband, <laughs> that's a great story. It really is. I love it. I can see him I, with a big old smile too. Oh yeah. So I don't know what, I don't, I don't, I cannot remember if there's a time as a child where something happened, but I have, I can remember. So I grew up in San Antonio, Texas and I think the tallest thing we have there is the hemisphere tower there, right? And it's not that tall, but I can remember at 10, my dad and I were there and I was terrified. Like I, there's a picture of me plastered up against the, <laughs> the base of it, far away from the edge because I was so freaked out about the edge. And I was only 10. So something happened between birth and 10 that had me completely freaked out. <laughs> and my dad was a sky maybe that's the thing my dad was a skydiver a pilot yeah. you know i could get in a plane and fly that doesn't freak me out but the the heights thing it's yeah i get the heebie-jeebies so <laughs> i admire you for having that um desire to be at at, at heights <laughs> well it keeps the world interesting that everybody has different interests it sure Absolutely does right. <laughs> it sure does <laughs> It sure does. <laughs> All right. So Ralph, got anything else? That's it. I, I really enjoyed that. that I did Ramon, too. Ramon, now I, I, I think I know you a little better. Ramon. I love that. <laughs> well, thank you both very much. I, I love the opportunity to speak with you. So again, thank you so much for spending time with us. We really appreciate it. I am super looking forward to being there and seeing you in person um, in Phoenix in just a few weeks. Fantastic. So until then, hasta luego. Hasta luego, Ramona. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Deconstructing Comp, where we are breaking down complex issues of workers' compensation into bite-sized nuggets, one conversation at a time. Right, Ralph? Yes, ma'am. And, and I love that. I love that we do that on every one of our shows. And that will be absolutely our focus on season three, right? That's right. Season three is coming at you. And listeners, we want to thank you again for sharing time with us on our podcast. Please take a few minutes to leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or comment on our page at deconstructingcomp.buzzstream sprout.com that's deconstructing comp.buzzsprout.com or you can always find me or Raphael on LinkedIn you don't have to look hard just look up our names and boy you're going to see our stuff out there <laughs> and we actually have a Twitter handle for our podcast and that is deconstruct comp deconstruct comp uh, on Twitter and look for our next episode to drop in two weeks Thanks again for following us. Hasta luego. Hasta luego, Yvonne. <laughs> <laughs>